Hello, welcome again to the FishCast. It's been a while since we've been with you, so in case you forgot, Charles Fishbine runs this thing. He's on the other side. What up, Fish? Not much, man. I just saw uh, Georgia State hired Del McGee, so uh, I'm sure we'll be able to get him on soon. He was He's a running backs coach at Georgia, so that's a that's good that he was able to get the head coaching job at a school, so. Yeah, we'll definitely get Dell on. All right. And of course, I am Corey Long. So uh, we are here to talk about all things of all things. Uh, first and foremost, uh, it's baseball season in the Fishbine household. How is our, our buddy Ethan doing? He looks like I can see on the pictures. He definitely looks the part. He looks like like he's already like five inches taller than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh he he played the last two games. They love to put him in with bases loaded, no outs. Uh, I mean, he's he's the king of bases loaded, no outs. Last did it again last night. Got out of that game. He's pitched basically in three games of uh, you know the um, travel ball this year, maybe four, and hasn't given up an earned run yet. Um, so he's done a real good job. Got out of a bad situation last night. They played basically. Uh, I guess. I'm figuring this out, the whole travel ball thing. They have, like, the major leagues. They have, like, you know, level three, level two, level one. And we're level two, supposedly. And we played a major league team last night in travel, and it was 23-6. to six. It was 11 nothing after the first inning. But I got to give the kids credit. They didn't quit. Yeah. Um, they fought through just the first inning. It wasn't like this team just clubbed us. It was just one of those games where – you know, they started some guys that had never pitched before, got a lot of walks, stealing a lot of bases, ball getting to the backstop, just sell, you know, be- beating ourselves. Um, yeah. The team was a lot better. Trust me. The kids looked like yeah. they were already in high school. Uh, one kid drove up in a car. That's no BS. He did drive <laughs> up in a car. So <laughs> I think they need to check that 14. Yeah. I don't think it's 14 years. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're giving too many driver's licenses to 14 year olds, even in Florida, you know? <laughs> Jeez. But uh, you know, the good thing is after that first inning, it was like 12 to 6. So they played them at least fairly tough after that after that disaster. It's just the first inning, man. It just you know, like I said, we pitched guys that hadn't really pitched before because yeah. the way this whole I'm trying to figure this thing out, they play like games during the week, which really just are for seeding and then they play put all the teams in a big bracket on the weekend so we'll probably be like a fifth seed we won one of the two games so we're not owing two but um it's a good it, it it's a learning experience last yeah. night was a bit of a learning experience for these young men yeah definitely um it's camp season i know you've been out to a couple you got anything else on your docket for the uh, next for the rest of the month yeah, I think uh, Rivals is coming up with their camp, and Under Armour will have one down here. I think they had one in Orlando, but um, definitely Rivals has one. Been a couple seven-on-sevens. I do think it's been a while. You'd have to go back to that one year with Wilder, Joyner, Jeff Luck, where you saw this much talent in this state from top to bottom. It's a really deep year. We talked about it, me and you off offline, is uh, you know Tampa – it's been about 15 years since we've seen this type of talent in that Hillsborough and, and uh, Pinellas County where it's this talented and deep. You have the, it, it goes in cycles. You know how it is, Corey, yeah. where 
you know, oh, yeah. you'll have years where it's it, there's less talent and everybody's like, oh, that area is never going to be good again. And then bomb this year you have a there's a probably three to four kids that could be legitimate five star prospects in your area this year. Yeah, it's just so much different because nobody covers high school sports in Tampa Bay anymore. Like it just doesn't get covered like back. 10 years ago when we were doing this, like when I was doing this full, doing that full time or really like, like 12 years ago, like everybody covered high school sports. Like it was their biggest, it was their biggest thing outside of the bucks in terms of what they covered. Now they just, now everyone dropped it. So it's a, it, it, it's weird. It feels kind of like, you know, it, it, if a tree falls in the forest, doesn't make a sound. Cause I'm like, you know, I sit here and tell people like, you realize the number one player in the state and arguably the best cornerback in the country plays at Zephyr Hills. Like that's never happened before. They had, <laughs> so, D, they had DJ. They had a picket. They had a plenty lot. of pickets. They had Ryan a picket. Pickett. A, they had Ryan Pickett who went to yeah. Ohio State. That's the yeah. last time I remember a prospect coming out of Zephyr Hills that was this good. There's been some prospects, but I think Ryan was what like he went to Ohio State and was yeah. like a big time prospect. But nothing. This is like I told you. This kid's 6'4", long, athletic, um, runs. He runs like a guy that's 5'10", and that's what's scary is his his ability uh, to play at a high level, and every school in the country is after him. Yeah, as it should be. You you know, when you saw him, you said you reminded me of Antonio Cromartie, and I remember the first time I saw Antonio Cromartie, I was like, wow, you know, this kid was a, this kid was a next level. You just didn't see kids – Six two six three play the cornerback position like that that can run like that that had all those that that skill set. So you know DJ Pickett is going to be a special player and he's already a Under Armour All American. So congratulations to him for that. He got announced the other day as part of their first group of kids that will be playing in that game. Um, uh big I guess the big news is college football this week is they finally agreed on a playoff they're gonna do the five seven system uh 12 teams it's for me it's junk it's well, basically, they're, they're already going to 16 they didn't even yeah, wait they're to, going to 14 or 16 in like two years it all right let me ask you this because i got my own opinions on it i'll, I'll speckle them in but this is your this is your podcast so what is gonna? What is this? Is this anything other than the SEC Big Ten Challenge, like featuring Clemson or Florida State or whoever the hell else been with the Big Twelve? I don't know Oklahoma State. Like that's what it feels like. It feels like the SEC and the Big Ten are gonna get eight of the twelve teams, and they're gonna get like a lot of the real estate. And if it goes to ten or fourteen or sixteen, they're gonna get at least nine or ten or eleven teams. And like it just feels like. I mean, it's it, built for two two people. It, it it is for two people, but I think as they dilute the product, I think that those conferences you're going to start to see kids go to these other conferences, and the talent's going to get dispersed. Where you're going to have two or three really good teams, and then what happens when a a, a second tier t- team like you have an Oklahoma State, they go eleven and two, are they going to get left out over an eight and four? Um, SEC team, and I don't think they will. I think that you know everybody's looking at Florida State last year, and that was just. I think once you calm down and look at the situation, I think that was a rare situation where just ever you know now that you know Saban retired, was there was there 
did they know that Saban was going to retire? And that was part of the equation why Alabama was in. I don't think you're going to see a situation where you see four undefeated teams again. I think that these teams are going to beat each other up. And you're going to see a lot of teams in the SEC that are supposed to be nine and three, 10 and two teams just have bad years just because of injuries, a lack of depth. Um, and I think it will be more spread out than you think. I don't think it's going to just be 10 teams out of 12 that are in from those two conferences. I think you'll see a couple extra teams get in that maybe uh, you didn't think so before. But, I mean, you look last year, if they have 16 teams, Tulane and SMU both would have made it in and probably Liberty. So that would have been three teams that would have made it in uh, because of their records. Uh, people would have looked at their records and said, all right, is a 11 and – I don't know what SMU was last year, but if they were 11 and 1 – yeah, so if they're eleven and one, or you have an undefeated Liberty, are you going to leave an undefeated Liberty out for an eight and four SEC or Big Ten team? I don't know. Like at that point, you're arguing which mediocre team is better than the other. So, I guess my question is that okay, so this five seven format. So you're taking the top four, the top four uh, teams ranked, whatever. I'm assuming they're using the same old stupid committee ranking system they didn't say they were changing that uh so the top four get the get the buys the fifth the fifth highest seated conference championship champion is also in and they're seated kind of based on i guess wherever they land so here's my thing so you got seven at large notre dame becomes part of the at-large. Apparently, they cannot get a top four seed. No way do they look at it. Like, they got to be five or lower. So, right. Wow, man, I didn't know that. That means yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're forcing them to get in a conference, you know? Yeah, they really are. They really, they really kind of tied them up with that one. So they're, so, they're five or lower. So, my question is, you guys, that leaves you, all right, so if we say, we'll assume Notre Dame figures out a way in most years. That leaves you six at-large teams. Um, what are the chances that anyone other than the SEC or Big Ten get those at-large bids? Like, it just doesn't seem like. Well, and all, but like, say, all right, say, say, like you have an FSU Clemson. They're both undefeated, or say one has one loss, and the one loss team beats the undefeated team in the conference championship. Are they really going to leave Clemson out? Um, I think Clemson would get in. I, I do. It, listen, I, I, so, Clem- so you're, you're basically saying that an ACC or a big, you're ba- what you're basically telling me is that you've got two conferences and everybody else has to put up basically yeoman group of five sort of efforts to get in. Whereas nine and three old Miss can just skate in because they're old Miss and because ESPN will be holding the water for them. That's, I mean, is it really any different than what it is now? You're just adding a couple more teams to the mix. Yeah, I just – what I guess I don't like is the same – you get the same sort of closed-door ranking system that you had before. Like You're not changing the rankings. It's the same 12 grifters on the on the committee, and they all sit in there in the closed door, and they can't tell you how they rank teams. Just know that they did it on the level and it was really legitimate 
it's... how does I mean how does college football uh, basketball do it? Do they don't they have like more it's analytics and they basically yeah they go through they they they, they explain theirs because they use they use you know they use the they use like the Ken Palm system is a little bit of their of, of what they do but they have those quadrants of wins. You remember like you need like yeah. quad one wins quad like they, why can't they, they do they, the same thing? Why can't they do the same thing with college football? I mean, how hard can it be to really? I mean, you got way less teams, you know? Because because basketball is trying to run an honest operation. College football is not trying to run an honest operation. They're trying to make money. Like there's two totally different things. Like. They're not trying to run an honest operation. They're trying to figure out how they can how they can make the most money, and there and that's why the team. Because for many years with the basketball tournament, if you remember, like through the nineties and two thousands, it was so slanted towards those power conferences to the point of where, like, though, like, yeah, you basically kind of had like your power conferences. They were going to get all the at larges. And you had your one bid conference, and that was it. Now, but you know, over time, they realized that was just a bad move because there was a lot of good basketball being played around a country that wasn't getting the respect it deserved. So they decided to go with the Ken Palm ranking system, which helps you kind of determine like your top however many teams. And they went through the quadrant system of wins, basically saying if you schedule teams and you get you get teams in these quads. And you win these games, you can you get in. You know, like we're 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 taking the these are these are the things we're taking under consideration. And I don't think like like you can look at schedules, for example. Like Ohio State has one of the biggest joke schedules in the history of man in 2024. Like it's just awful. Like Ohio State schedules when, is easy this year. Oh my god! Look at dude. Look at their first, look at look at their non conference like it's a joke, like they, they it's impossible. Like and that's my fear is that these teams like they're gonna make it impossible for them to get left out. Like it's impossible for Ohio State to have less than ten wins. Like their entire first team can get injured and they would still have ten wins. Yeah, I mean. Like, but the reality is Ohio State, I, I can't remember the last time they didn't have 10 wins. I mean, you go look, though, they do have to go to Eugene and play at uh, Oregon this year. Um, they got to play at State College, so that's two games. And they got Michigan at home, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's not terribly easily, easy, but, it. I mean, you know, Akron, Western Michigan, and Marshall to start the freaking – I mean, the <laughs> – you yeah. really need three of those. I mean, like exactly. I mean, darn the MAC conference just got like a major. <laughs> like those schools should get upgrades and facilities if they're going to play that much in the Big Ten. The MAC conference they should. They should get like some of the Big Ten revenue. All right. With, I know. And uh, I mean, we can go to like Miami. Like Miami, this is the year that Miami should be in contention with the playoffs with their schedule. I mean, outside of Florida State and Louisville. They don't play Clemson. They don't play either Carolina schools. Like they really got a night. Like they got Florida is their tough out of conference game. And they get that to start the season, which is where I'd want to play Florida at. I'd want to get them in week one if I'm going to get them. Oh my God. Yeah. I, you know what? Listen, it's sometimes you need a little luck and need some help. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, listen, no, Miami, Miami needs to win. I mean, Ohio State. Ohio I State. Ohio State schedule more than Miami's. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean Ohio State's looking to play for a national title this year. Miami's trying to get into the playoffs or at least win the ACC. So, 
totally different situations. I mean, listen, Ohio State's always really had a one or two game schedule. Let's be realistic. I mean, yeah, they they play Penn State, they play Michigan, and they're recruiting at such a high level that they really should never lose more than one or two games anyway. So, yeah, okay, well. We'll actually, you know, it's funny. I think we'll maybe we'll maybe dive into a couple of odds things before we end this one if we got a little bit of time. Um, but yeah, it's just I. All right, so this playoff thing, we know it's going to fourteen or sixteen right away. Um, is just is just having the extra playoff. Is that gonna is that gonna kind of preserve this? Like, I want to keep this thing in four conferences for as long as we can. It looks like FSU and the ACC are going to cut a deal. So FSU's gone. And if that exit fee isn't that much, I feel like most of the ACC is gone. So I feel like we're down to three conferences already. Yeah, I mean, it all depends what's what's going to happen with the rest. of the, I mean, the Pac-12, two, there's two teams left. Two teams, yes. I don't – I mean, do they just merge with the – uh, Mountain, what like they're going to add that conference? There'll be a second tier conference, but they'll probably have some. The schools are going to probably do something to help those two schools out and put them in a conference where they'll have an at large bid automatically if they win the conference because they screwed those two schools so yeah. bad. I mean, like, Absolutely. listen, not only did they not take them, they took all their good players. I mean, like, yeah. like, like, they hey, stripped them of everything other outside of the studs. I, I yeah, they, they I mean, jacked them overnight. I mean, the two schools had, had listen. Not only did they not bring them, I mean, like every good player is gone too. I mean, those two programs are basically SMU after the death penalty. So it's just. <laughs> <laughs> What was the old Matthew Thomas quote after they lost the Bulls? What did he say? I felt like I got jacked without a gun or something. Yeah, like that. pretty much, man. That's how Washington State and Oregon State felt. I felt like we got jacked without a gun. Like I overnight, mean, coaching staff at Oregon State gone. I mean, those State two the gone. two co- the two coaches that took over those two programs are wondering why they're getting Mac Mac level paychecks now. They're like, wait a second, I took this job thinking I'm getting four or five million a year. What's this like eight hundred grand paycheck here? You know, and I agree. I would, I would just merge with the Mountain West and take the pack name. And yeah. I think you know if, if they're getting if they're getting some levels of money. I mean, I don't know if they can even keep the network going, but it gives you something. You know, it gives you some point of something. I mean, what are those teams in the Mountain West? Uh, oh, you got Boise Nevada, State. You got Boise. Yeah. You got Colorado State should be better than they are. Well, you so, probably you probably do something with the Big 12, maybe even. Here's my thing. If you get those exit fees out yeah. of the ACC, you probably get Cal and Stanford back. That at least yeah. gives you some more. That gives you some, at least gives you a little bit more of your foundation. I, I just don't understand why the ACC added Stan. I mean, there's nothing they provide. Stanford gives you a lot of swimming national championships. A lot of swimming and like fencing national championships. Oh my <laughs> God. They give you and they give you some they give you hellified GPA standards. Like they it, they raise the conference's GPA. Let me Cal do that alone. So, you know, it's uh it's all good. It gives Duke somebody to play. It gives our buddy Manny BS somebody to play with it too. Those Duke, those Duke Stanford games go a long way. All right. We're going to come right back and we're going to talk a little bit about 
you know, our favorite players in the draft. And I got some, I got the hottest of hot takes that I read on Caleb Williams. So we'll be right back with more of the Fishcast. Fishcast. 